I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I'm Billy Embody. Thanks for listening. Guys, we've got a lot to get to on this edition of the podcast. It's basically an off day for SMU football. They're going through special teams workouts, which is a perfect time to kind of break down some of the key position battles on this football team and where things stand right now with those battles. For me, I want to just jump right into this one. I think when you look at what the running back position has become in fall camp, I do think it's become a little bit more of a battle. I think Jalen Knighton has shown his explosiveness at times. I think he's shown his ability to catch the football without a doubt. He's caught a couple wheel routes for touchdowns. You've also got Tyler Levine hanging around. Belton Gardner has looked pretty good uh, after dropping some weight and really looking more explosive because of it. And then you have Kamar Wheaton kind of being nicked up. But I point to Jalen Knighton winning this one, which isn't a surprise, but I do want to address it just because I think LJ Johnson has had a terrific fall camp. And he is built on the end of his spring where he was able to really show his stuff uh, in that SMU spring game. They were able to, you know, see him, you know, play with a little bit more explosiveness and things like that. Um, and I think that's important to note. I, I think this was one that going into fall camp, I really felt like it was going to be a layup for Jalen Knighton to take this starting job. And again, I think he's your starting running back. But I do want to commend LJ Johnson because he gave me more confidence in him based on what he's been able to do in fall camp so far, which I think is important to note because guys, injuries happen. Belton Gardner got nicked up last year. Tyler Veen played through obviously an incredible injury. And Kamar Wheaton got nicked up. Kamar uh, Jalen Knighton has shown great toughness. LJ Johnson has as well. Remember, LJ Johnson kind of almost seldom used at Texas A&M, whereas Jalen Knighton saw a little bit more burn. Um, but those two guys, I feel like, have really emerged as the most talented and the most productive out there during fall camp. And I think you have really quality running backs in Tyler Levine and Belton Gardner who can make their own uh, mark on the games just overall this fall because of what they've shown in fall camp. So I think when you look at this running back position, I went into fall camp thinking Jalen Knighton would be that dude for SMU, and he has. But I think he's also seen what a lot of the other running backs have seen, which is a little tougher sledding at times um, because that defensive line is so much better than it was in the spring by just by adding Corey Roberson adding uh, Cam Robertson, also having Elijah Roberts bulk up a little bit more, Devere Levelston add 20 pounds. Those are all things that have impacted SMU's running game in fall camp. So I do have Jalen Knighton as the starting running back for the Mustangs, winning that one. And he's going to have an offensive line that will be relatively battle-tested. Uh, you've got Marcus Bryant at left tackle. You've got Hyron White at right tackle. Uh, two massive humans uh, on the edge for SMU. And Justin Osborne has looked like his normal self. 
in fall camp. He's been that dominant offensive lineman for the most part that we've really seen at SMU the last couple of years, um, being the best offensive lineman on the team. Branson Hickman has held down that center spot pretty darn well, um, and he has been able to hold off you know, a guy like Ja'Kai Clark, a Logan Parr, who have come in with experience at the center position, but he hasn't really budged in terms of how he's been able to hold them off. So that battle, which we thought was going to be a little bit more intense in fall camp, it hasn't necessarily been the case. Uh, but I look to the left guard spot, and I've talked about this a little bit, but this is a position where you could see multiple players factor in here um, because I think it's not set in stone. I think with Logan Parr uh, coming in from Texas, there was a lot of kind of question marks as to what SMU was going to get in Logan Parr, but he has shown to be one of the strongest guys on the team. He's been able to really just impress with that physical strength, and I think it was kind of slept on going into this fall camp without a doubt. Um, and now he's factoring in as probably the starting left guard at this point. But I'll say this. I think Ja'Kai Clark, the Miami transfer who Garen Justice, who Garen Justice uh, is really familiar with, having coached him uh, while he started 40-plus games, uh, is really going to be somebody that can factor in there when Logan Parr needs a breather um, or when uh, you see a Cam Irving come in and they kind of wait for him to come back. I, I think that left guard spot. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And so I, I get the sense that they've been pleasantly surprised with Logan Parr, but that left guard spot is is going to be one that's up for grabs, I think, in the season a little bit. Ja'Kai Clark came in so overweight. Now he's probably down 30, 40 pounds. I mean, just looking at him, he looks like he's been dropping weight left and right during fall camp in the heat out there in Dallas. And Cam Irvin at some point is going to come back from his injury and SMU is going to gain a veteran at that left guard spot as well. Um, but I, I do think the center spot has been solidified. I, I think that's a spot that Branson Hickman really has just continued to hold down at a really impressive level. Um, and so the left guard spot was probably the hottest contested battle, honestly, on that offensive line, uh, without a doubt, but maybe even on, on offense overall um, because there was so much opportunity there. But it looks like Logan Parr is going to be your starting left guard for SMU this season. Now, when I look to the wide receiver spot and what SMU is going to have uh, at that spot opposite of Jordan Curley, um, alongside uh, a Jake Bailey or a Roger Daniels, whoever is your co-starter really at that slot position, this is probably one of the hardest positions to predict on the team. It might be the hardest position to predict because Rob Likens and his wide receivers have plenty of talent out there. They've got tons of it. And so I, I think when you look at trying to figure out what these wide receivers have and who could be 
your guy opposite of Jordan Curley, it's going to have to play out into the season because this is a position where SMU has a speed guy in Keyshawn Smith who has that big play ability, has struggled at times with drops and consistency in the past. Moochie Dixon is Mr. Smooth, pretty consistent, doesn't drop much, um, good route runner, isn't going to wow you, but just seems like he's got that smooth style to really bring SMU a consistent receiver um, who can complement a guy like Jordan Curley or Roger Daniels or Jake Bailey. And then you've got Jordan Hudson, who might be the wild card, the former five-star who comes into this roster this summer. And he got a little nicked up in fall camp, but really he's been very, very good. He's been competitive. He has that ability to set up routes well. Um, and he's still just kind of scratching the surface just as an overall receiver having all of his craft done. So I don't know who's going to ultimately be that top guy at the receiver position. My gut says it probably ends up being Keyshawn Smith as your starter, maybe Moochie Dixon, but I think those two are going to get the lion's share of the work, and then you can toss in a Romello Brinson or a Jordan Hudson as guys to watch there as well. So the wide receiver spot is uh, going to be in good shape no matter what. I think that's the important thing for SMU fans to remember uh, with that group. Now I end the offensive side of things with one more position battle, the second tight end. And this is an interesting one because you can use the H-back like Elijah Chapman or do different things like that to complement uh, an R.J. Maryland who might be on the field. But ultimately, I think Nolan Matthews-Harris has really gotten a good grip on this position. Um, and SMU has to give him uh, that kudos really because of the fall camp that he's had. I think that's a position that maybe a freshman like a Trip Reardon or um, an Adam Moore or a Micah Hiltz, once he gets healthy, can maybe piece it together and, and kind of battle back and take some of those reps. Um, but I just feel like SMU's tight end room is going to rely on a veteran uh, like um, uh, like uh, Micah Hiltz or Nolan Matthews-Harris um, for this for this team uh, to, to kind of help them in the. Now, the tight end spot is really critical this season because last year SMU just wasn't able to get the blocking out of that unit that they needed. And so having a guy like Nolan Matthews Harris, who has stepped up and is able to now take on that role a little bit more is really important for this offense. And I think it's going to help long-term. They're going to be able to, uh, move the ball and and um, also maybe be a little bit more versatile if a guy like uh, Nolan Matthews Harris can bring that to the table, which he wasn't able to do in the past. Um, that's that's really been where he hasn't been healthy or he's been battling through injury or he's you know come in and been adjusting. It's been all a whole bunch of things, but now he's built off of that spring that he had. He looks like, at least in practice, the clear-cut number two tight end for that group. Before I go into the defensive side of the ball and where things stand on that front, I've got to tell you guys about our friends at Bird Dogs. Birddogs.com slash pony, or use the promo code on the site, pony, to get a free Bird Dogs hat with your order. Now, Bird Dogs, one of these... Uh, companies that has really become a new friend of the show 
for their incredible gear that has really helped me weather the storm of summer in a big way. You've got these great khaki shorts with the sweat wicking material that they've got. They've got zippers on the pockets. So if you're swimming and you have whatever you might have, you know it's not going to fall out. Or if you're just running around doing yard work, or in my case at practices, I've got SD cards for cameras. Those are easy to put in there with the zippers. But the most important thing, especially when you're dealing with the heat, is the liner. The liner of these shorts is next level. It keeps the sweat off you and away from your bird dogs, really, that sweat wicking fabric that they've got. I'm a big sweater. I've been all about the bird dogs as soon as they jumped on board with us as a partner of the podcast. And they're back for college football season, which is exciting. But I think one thing that people don't understand is just how good bird dogs are at keeping you cool. So whether you like their shirts, their shorts, their joggers, their pants, what have you, check out the site birddogs.com slash pony or birddogs.com and just enter that promo code pony for your free bird dogs hat with your order. So appreciate Bird Dogs for supporting the podcast, as always. We flip over to the defensive side of the ball, and there's a few more position battles, I would say, and ones that you probably see a little bit of competition spill over to, into the season. And I want to look at the, the defensive backs first and work my way to the front, front four, front three, however you want to put it, uh, with those guys. And I think with the defensive backs, they're a group that, I think SMU's got uh, a lot of talent, a lot of options, but I think the cornerback room is pretty much settled with Charles Woods and Chris Meganson as guys that will be the starters. Um, and Chris Meganson just had a pick six in practice on, on Wednesday as well. But you look at the safety position, Brandon Crosley has held down the nickel. Jonathan McGill looks like the clear cut starter at safety. And then you get into uh, a guy like, Brian Massey, one of the more intriguing guys on this team because last year he was having the camp of his life and he had an unfortunate ankle injury that really sidelined him for a while and it hurt him the rest of the season. He wasn't the same. He wasn't the same playmaker. But when he got back for spring, he looked really good. He looked like he was settling back in. Now in fall camp, he has made play after play. He's continued to bring the physicalness. That's still there, no doubt. Um, but what he's been able to do is grab multiple interceptions. He's had a run of practices where uh, he had that those interceptions, most of which would, would have been touchdowns uh, in games. And I think for him, knowing that he's got one, two years left, he's got to put on a show this year. We know what he can do when healthy in the return game, but at safety, he, I think, is the one that's going to start at that strong safety spot over Ahmad Moses. And I just feel like he's made too many plays not to be that guy for SMU in practice or, or at the position starting-wise when the season comes. But Ahmad Moses has certainly made enough noise as well to play a lot. And look, the one thing that Brian Massey, we knew he needed to work on regardless of if you're hurt or not. And look, those things can factor in, but he was not able to tackle at a high level at all last year. And his form was bad, all of those things. And I think he knows that. And he he's talked about it and how Scott Simons has talked about it too, with needing to see it. 
when the lights come on. Those are all things that need to happen. But I think he's earned the right to start based on practice. He's just been too good tackling um, is one of those things, though, that you're going to have to wait until the fall to see it. And that's why I think that battle could spill over into the season, because you come out there game one, Louisiana Tech's going to have some athletes that can go. So is SMU, but the defense is going to have to tackle. If Brian Massey comes out there and can't get it done, they're going to have no problem turning to Ahmad Moses and saying, you know what, you're going to start now and you're going to start up in Norman. I think that's where the position is. I think part of that is the confidence that they have in Ahmad Moses as well. But I think when you look at those two guys, you you can't go wrong. And I think Ahmad Moses is going to have a really good career at SMU. But Brian Massey has to put it together, um, not just in ball hawking and grabbing interceptions. He's got to be able to make tackles. And so that's something we're still going to have to see happen when the lights come on this fall. I move up to the linebacker position and Ahmad Walker, I think, is going to be your starting middle linebacker. I don't think there's much doubt there. But at the other linebacker spot, I'm intrigued in a big way. I wonder if Jaquandis Burns can hold off the push from some of these other players to get um, to get the this job done. I, I really wonder. You know, I haven't been able to see um, enough of this this group be, I, I guess, kind of the way SMU does practice and how they rotate different sub packages and things like that. It's really hard to get a read on it. So what are they trying to accomplish with certain sets on their practice list? Because you've got an Ahmad Walker out there, but at times you'll have an Ahmad Walker and, you know, a Kobe Wilson, a Ahmad Walker and a Chris Adamora, a Ahmad Walker and Jaquandis Burns. Those are all options that are on the table. So how's it going to work just overall? And I think it's a position that, again, can kind of spill into the fall. As much as I want to give Jaquandis Burns the nod here, I'm I'm kind of going with the dark horse here. I, I think Chris Adamora might be the guy that starts next to Ahmad Walker in this defense. I think he's been so good. He's got the range, the speed. He's added 20 pounds. Um, and Kobe Wilson has been good too, the Temple transfer. I just don't and, – and maybe it's it's just kind of how we see things. I haven't seen Jaquandis Burns make enough plays in fall camp. I've seen others kind of do things that flash. And maybe that's just kind of how I see it. Maybe others feel differently. Maybe the coaches feel differently. But I do think at this point, I think this is uh, Chris Adamora's job uh, when it's all said and done by, by a thin margin. I think it's still one that's going to you know, spill over into the season. but. They all bring something different to the table. Jaquandis Burns is your prototypical linebacker. Chris Adamora is kind of your new look, new era cover linebacker. Kobe Wilson is kind of similar to Ahmad Walker. He's kind of sawed off but thick. So it's going to be interesting to see how that one pans out for sure as fall camp winds down. And then I move up to the defensive line, and I think the starters are pretty much settled. I think you're going to have Jordan Miller, Elijah Roberts, and Devere Levelston out there as the starters. Um, but, uh, then you've got a guy like the edge position with Nelson Paul and, um, uh, Nelson Paul and, uh, Cam Robertson out there running around. That's going to be an interesting battle as well, because you have Cam Rob, uh, Robertson and 
you have Nelson Paul, the veteran. Cam Robertson is young. One of those guys that um, is going to be able to just win based off size alone. He had a tremendous season for North Texas as a true freshman. And then you get into, well, Nelson Paul's the veteran going into his last uh, game, uh, last season of his college career. You want to see him go out with a bang. It's been a tough position to evaluate, but I do think the top two, Nelson Paul and Cam Robertson, have really asserted themselves overall. I don't think there's much debate on that uh, from my standpoint. But then you get into, um, well, how does that impact sub packages? How does that impact third down pass rush? Because Isaiah Smith had a great season last year just being in that third down pass rushing role. But oh, by the way, you also have a Jalen Samuels back who could factor in at both strong side defensive end and the edge rushing spot. I think you're going to see a third down package that worked really well last year. I felt like against TCU, I thought Scott Simons, believe it or not, had one of the better uh, game plans he had of all of last season against TCU. Look, TCU won 42-34. That's 42 points. Trust me, it doesn't look good on paper, but you have that interception uh, thrown by Tanner Mordecai that set TCU up with a short um, short field. Uh, he threw another interception, and TCU didn't turn the ball over. Um, those are really tough situations to kind of get over overall um, when Tanner Mordecai you know, gives SMU, um, gives TCU uh, the ball in one drive and then a short field um, on the other. Um, that's that's a tough situation. You know, one of TCU's touchdown drives off that interception in the second half was just 37 yards. I mean, that's, that's easy. Um, and they scored a touchdown off the other interception too. Um, those are all things where I, I think those are tough to overcome. That was the difference in the game. And that's why I mentioned it throughout the fall or the summer so much as if Preston Stone can avoid those turnovers that Tanner Mordecai had, that that can really help SMU get to that next level. Um, so I, I think when you look at what Scott Simons did, though, in that game, I felt like SMU was able to avoid um, some of the big – some of the big issues with TCU's offense for the most part because they were able to rush the passer. And I felt kind of the same against Cincinnati. I felt like SMU was able to pin their ears back on third down and make things happen. I mean, one of TCU's touchdown drives was a short field thanks to Darius Davis, uh, a big return. I just think when you – and then you have one explosive play where – Darius Davis gets, gets the, I think it was jet flip, and he goes for 80 yards. So when you're kind of evaluating some of these game plans, I think the third down passing uh, plan that SMU had for TCU was kind of a blueprint of what they could do against other teams. So they had to change that against UCF because of the way UCF ran the ball. It's, it changes week to week, but I think sometimes when you look at this edge rusher spot, you're going to see a little bit more of sub packages used to get some of these guys like a Jalen Samuels, Isaiah Smith on the field versus maybe your base might be a Nelson Paul, Cam Robertson kind of rotating there. I, I'm starting to lean towards Cam Robertson taking that role. Wouldn't shock me if Nelson Paul was just your starter because 
not because he's a senior, but I think he has earned it. He was very, very good last year. Um, but you're going to see a lot of Cam Robertson. Um, and that's the position on the defensive line that's up for grabs. There's going to be a lot of rotating across the defensive line. I think Corey Roberson, uh, Stephon Wright, if healthy, guys like that, and Elijah Chapman will play a lot. Um, I think those three starters, though, are pretty solidified with their size, athleticism, all those things. The edge rush, rusher spot is still up for grabs. So that's kind of the rundown on where I see a lot of the position battles. We'll have a lot more fall camp coverage for you guys as it winds down. School starts next week. Final scrimmage of fall camp is Saturday. Rhett Lashley will talk. We'll uh, probably hear from them on the SMU TCU series being paused by TCU, uh, which dominated the headlines this week. We continue to await some ACC news, but if you did notice that uh, report from Ross Dellinger, uh, George W. Bush involved with the push for SMU to join the ACC. Condoleezza Rice also has ties to SMU with uh, George Bush and some of the other uh, influential people on campus. So um, it's never a dull moment on uh, conference realignment. So we'll maybe address some of that next week and see where things stand. As another week looks like it might come and go uh, on conference realignment. But hope you guys enjoyed this edition of the podcast. Please hit the subscribe button to our YouTube channel and also Check out BigGameUSA.com. The boulevard is right around the corner. You get the official game ball of SMU football. Use promo code BEON3. That's the number three for 10% off your entire order plus free shipping. You can use that code to buy any football on the site, which means great, great for gifts. If you've got friends, family that uh, are fans of other college football teams, it's a great gift. Great opportunity to kind of check that box uh, and they can uh, get the official game ball of whatever school they're fans of too. So use the promo code for 10% off your order, BE on three. Check out biggameusa.com. Appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. We will catch you guys next week with another edition. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. We'll catch you next time. Have a great weekend.